Have you finished your personal statement yet? Now's the perfect time to get it professionally reviewed by a medical school HQ expert advisor. We have former directors of admissions, admissions officers, and the like on our small team of amazing people. They have the inside knowledge from reading thousands and thousands and thousands, tens, if not 100,000 personal statements going through the process and setting up the process for their whole committee. They know exactly what medical schools look for and the common red flags that can get your entire application thrown out. Take advantage of our flash sale right now, going through May 6th, up to 6,000 characters reviewed for just $150. That's a $75 discount on our regular price. Go to editmyps.com. Again, that's editmyps.com. If you're applying to medical school in 2022 to start medical school in 2023, join me Wednesday or Thursday, Wednesday night at 9.30 p.m. Eastern, or Thursday at 11 a.m. Eastern at premedworkshop.com. Go register today. I'm going to show you how to tell your story in your application. Again, that's premedworkshop.com. If you are applying to medical school in 2022, be there or be square. The Medical School HQ Podcast, session number 85. Hey, this is Z-Dog MD, rapper, physician, legendary turntable health revolutionary, and part-time gardener. And you're listening to the Medical School HQ Podcast, hosted by the irredeemably awesome Ryan Gray. Welcome back. I'm your host, Dr. Ryan Gray, and I believe that competition amongst your pre-med and medical student peers is detrimental to becoming a great physician. In this podcast, we show you how collaboration, hard work, and honesty are critical to becoming a superior physician in today's healthcare environment. Welcome back. Thank you for joining us. We have a great discussion for you today, we think. And by we, I mean me and Allison. Hello. You usually say hello, everybody. Hello, everybody. There you go. Much better. How you doing, Allison? I'm all right. You are. How are you? Just all right? I'm great. All right. I'm a little, I don't know. I got a lot going on. You know, we, we all got a lot going on. I'm sure everybody listening has <laughs> a lot going on, very too. very true. So that's, that is life. Well, you asked. I was being honest. All right. That's life, isn't it? It is. What's the, one of the things we have going on, and I want to briefly talk about it for a minute. We don't talk about the Academy a lot on this show. But one thing we've been doing the past three weeks, every Thursday night, we have been doing mock interviews with uh, our Academy members that are applying this year, applying to medical school. And those have been going great. Yeah, absolutely. You enjoy them? Yeah, that and and the personal statement review we've been doing recently have been, I think, the really fun and and new and and just exciting. Yeah, I I love. Typically, you're the one doing the interviewing, and I do all the critiquing. And I love trying to sit back and listen and and understand the question that you're asking and the answer that they're giving, and and try to help them. The, the students that were doing the mock interviews help them formulate a better answer. And that's what the mock interviews are all about. If if you're out there applying to medical school this year or next year, whenever you're applying, 
get out there and practice interviewing because it's definitely a skill that you're going to have to get good at. Absolutely. And that's one thing that we've been doing. Uh, we did it last year for some of the students applying to medical school. And both of them got into medical school last year. And then we've done it three times again this year. Yeah, it's been awesome. Lots of personal statement reviews. The, the academy, as we call it, is a pre-med advising community where it's Allison, myself, and several other physicians that we have in there, some medical students that we've asked to come join us that help you on your path to becoming a physician. If you go to jointheacademy.net, you can read all about it there, what we offer, um, tons of great stuff, a great community of over 70 members strong now, which is phenomenal. Uh, new members joining every week. So come come join us, jointheacademy.net, and uh, see, what, see what we're all about. So, Allison. Yes, Ryan. A couple days ago, you texted me in the morning this Kevin MD article written by a medical student, uh, Armon, and I think his last name's Rother. I'm sorry if I butchered your name, Armon, even if your first name isn't Armon. Maybe I'm butchering that too. It's uh, hard. We don't, you know, a great article. We just, yeah. Great article. Opened up a lot of discussion between us. Uh, but he's a medical student. He has a blog called Medical Madrasa. Um, uh, and I'll put a link to that in the show notes, which you can get at medicalschoolhq.net slash 85, as in session 85. Dedicated show notes page specifically for this episode where we can continue on with the discussion about what we're going to talk about today. And this is probably going to be a little bit of a, a dialogue starter, a conversation starter, because um, it, it, it's somewhat of a controversial topic. Yeah, definitely. So Armand wrote about, it, the, the title of his post was, Why Pre-Medical Students Need the Liberal Arts. And he based it off of a commencement speech at St. Lawrence College, and he goes through a couple, he goes through three main points. And so Allison and I kind of built upon those and came out with a pros and cons list of, of why the liberal arts, why majoring in the liberal arts instead of the hard sciences may be good or may be bad. Right? Yeah. So let's jump into that. Do you have anything to add before we get started? No, I I think it's it's great. I, I love Kevin MD um, because they're just, the the website uh, is so great. It has uh, articles from, if you've never been to it, you should absolutely check it out because it has articles written by physicians, medical students, nurses, physical therapists, non, patients, yeah, patients um, you know, healthcare advocates, um, lawyers, I mean, you name it. And uh, from everything from, you know, what's the best way to die with dignity to, you know, what's going on with, um, I don't know. I mean, it really, it's anything. Um, and, and so there are quite a lot of medical students that write in and, um, have, uh, I think launched a lot of great discussions. So, um, yeah. And actually, if you go to their website, um, every five seconds or so, they'll send you a little link that says, do you want to, do you want yeah. to subscribe? They're, so it's very easy to get onto it. Their subscription pop-up's a little out of control. Yeah, but it's, it. it's a good website. So let's talk about some of the pros for being a liberal arts major. I think we'll start with the pros and go with the cons. That sounds good. 
Um, so one of the first things that we have written down here is the skills that you gain as a liberal arts major. And and when we say the skills that you gain, we're mostly talking about writing skills. Yeah, writing skills and, and also, I think, discussion, and um, which can go into your verbal skills. But yeah, but writing skills, number one, for sure. Yeah. And why why do you need writing skills? Well, so if you go through your entire undergrad education and you really don't hone those writing skills, you don't work on them, when it rolls around to the time that you have to submit your application and you have that personal statement to write, it could be a complete disaster. Um, I mean, I kid you not, you you really could go through your undergrad degree in some schools uh, and never have to take an English class. I actually had that situation at McGill in Canada. Um, it's a very sort of European style school. There are no distribution requirements. And so I had a very, very rigorous science curriculum. And if I had not elected to, I could have gone through my entire college career without taking a single English class, without taking a history class, with just doing science. And I think um, the couple of classes that I did take in my like four electives in my entire college career, I did devote to that. Um, and it was a way for me to keep up some of those writing skills. Um, and I think that that probably helped when I had to write my personal statement. It, it's, it's you know, if you probably if you're out there as a, a pre-med and you're in college right now, it seems, you know, or, or even high school, you know, it might seem kind of crazy that how could you be taking classes where you're not working on writing because you do so much of that in high school and working on learning how to write papers. And but it it. It really is not, if you think about it, a big focus in a lot of college science classes. You're taking a lot of medical, um, not medical, you're taking a lot of multiple choice tests. So that skill set can really go by the wayside if you're not careful. Yeah, definitely. But you really asked, why do we need it? So the personal statement is, you know, a, a big one. I mean, but to be honest, I really think having, knowing how to be a good writer uh, is an important skill to have anyway i mean regardless of your personal statement when you when you become a physician you you do have to write quite a lot we write all the time ryan and i are, are talking pretty frequently about how <laughs> there's so much paperwork in medicine and it may be electronic nowadays as opposed to on the paper but um you know you you have to be able to write yeah one of the, the, the next ones that we have, something that we talk about a lot, mostly because of the non-traditional crowd that listens to the podcast and that we relate a lot to, is the fact that as a liberal arts major, you're, you're exposed in, to so much more of the world, in quotes, through, through your studies the, versus a traditional science major that you are more well-rounded and you may be able to relate to patients a little bit better because you're not just that hardcore science nerd that that can't really relate to your patients and and there's a a and it kind of goes along with just communication in general that you're able to get if if you just go and google just search for communication in patient outcomes. And there's tons of research out there that shows that the communication between a physician and a patient has drastic effects on the patient's outcome. 
And so when you're able to relate to a patient, communicate with them and bond with them, it's just that much better for the patient. And I think overall for your, your satisfaction. Yeah, I would absolutely agree. So, and, and we talk about that a lot with non-traditional students because they have been out in the real world versus a traditional student that typically is just a, a student their whole life going all the way through medical school and, and becoming a physician. So that the non-trads have that bonus as well. So another pro that you brought up is some of the social skills and kind of understanding morals and ethics and talk about that a little bit. Well, it's along the line somewhat of what you were just talking about in terms of more exposure to the world. I think in a lot of the liberal arts classes, uh, you spend time talking about uh, like in the social sciences specifically, you know, what it means to be human. You might be taking philosophy classes where you're, you're talking about uh, that very thing, or you might be in an English class where you're talking about different issues that come up between um, different cultures, different uh, groups of people. You're having discussions with your classmates about life and and all the different things that fall under that heading. Um, obviously, you know, with a liberal arts education, the sky's the limit in so many different, there are so many different um, classes and different departments, different things that you could be focusing on and talking about. And I think that that exposure to all of that and and having that discussion sort of format with your your peers with other students is really great for fostering your social skills and your communication skills um and being a good communicator is a huge uh hugely important uh to becoming a, a good physician yeah we talk a lot about the the teamwork involved in the the team aspect of medicine nowadays and so communication in that role is is huge yeah if you just think about the format in a typical science class or math class in college uh, calculus or uh, gen chem organic chem physics you're going to be in typically a classroom environment maybe with hundreds of students maybe not but where you're you're listening you're taking notes while the professor or ta is up there writing out equations on the board solving problems um, giving you different scenarios. And then when you when you take your test, and we'll talk about this later, but it's going to be multiple choice. It's a very different format in a typical liberal arts class where you're probably, it may be the Socratic method. You may be sitting around and just having an open discussion, uh, people throwing out ideas, going back and forth. And the professor may be even taking a back seat to that discussion. And so I think it's it stimulates probably, you know, a different part of your brain in terms of, you know, how how you're interacting and how you you What do you mean probably a different part of your brain? You're a neurologist. You should know. (laughs) I sort of put my foot in my mouth as I was saying that and wished I hadn't. But anyway, (laughs) no, but but really, I mean, it's it's challenging different parts of your cognition in different ways. Um, And I think it's it's really important to be able to foster those communication skills um, at, at all points in your educational path, because if you really are only in that sort of equations on the chalkboard and you're, you're learning how to solve them. And then you, you know, 10, 15 years, whatever down the line, you're then seeing patients in your office and you really haven't focused on any of those communication skills. It It's going to be more challenging. And Ryan and I have met plenty of physicians and medical students along the way who are very, very book smart and brilliant people. But then when they try to go and talk to people, you can really quickly tell that they're very uncomfortable and they they just don't feel 
at ease. And uh, that's a big issue. I mean, that's a big problem. Well, let's 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 talk about that right now, because that's a huge driving force with the MCAT and with medical school admissions that they're they're understanding that patient outcomes are better when a, a physician is able to communicate better and that we we don't need 100% book smart students and the numbers don't tell a whole story and so we have the MCAT now adding in the social sciences to to try to understand applicants better to determine if they are more well-rounded and if they are able to communicate better with patients in the future. And we have this term of a holistic medical school admission requirements or, or this whole criteria where medical schools are looking at you supposedly a little bit more holistically and not just what your MCAT is and what your GPA is. So we're the the medical education gurus are understanding this and they're trying to implement better standards to try to find the students that uh, are are better communicators and better at at being social and all this other stuff as well as being intelligent and bright and hardworking and yeah and i think it's it's a disservice to people if you don't try to foster those communication skills and be, I mean, it's part of developing a good bedside manner. And I firmly believe that you really cannot be a good physician if you don't have a good bedside manner. I think that you can be competent. I think that you can um, sometimes, you know, be a very skilled surgeon, but, but even surgeons, I mean, a big part of being a surgeon is that care that happens after the surgery, after the OR in the patient's room when you're you're seeing them and and all the follow-up care that's involved. So I think it's so good that um, the MCAT forces the B that are are trying to really uh, improve the medical student population by by trying to find students who are who do have those skills. Um, yeah. Being you have to be smart to be a physician, I think, but you also it's very, very important to have a good bedside manner. I think if you asked, if you polled nine out of 10 patients, um, you know, or maybe even 10 out of 10, they would all tell you that they would just have a much better uh, sense of well-being and sense of being cared for. And probably, as you said, Ryan, I'm sure they would all feel that they had better outcomes by just, just by virtue of having a physician who, who takes that time to listen to them, who communicates well with them, um, who doesn't just sit there with his computer screen in his face and doesn't even look at them. You know, it's crazy. I mean, just to give this kind of some, um, what's the word, like perspective that's, you know, right out of, you know, a few days ago, um, or maybe it was a few months ago, but anyway, it was recent. Uh, there was a patient who came into my office and told me that she, um, she said to me at the end of the visit, she said, you know, I really appreciate that you you just look at me and you take time to actually talk to me when when I, you know, I visit you in the office. And I said, well, well, of course, you know, I said, I mean, that's my job. Yeah, literally, that's what I said. I said, that's my job. You know, I said, I'm sorry if you've been to other doctors and haven't had that experience, but that's what we're supposed to be doing. And and she said, oh, yeah, she said, you know, I, I saw my, my primary care a little while back and not to dump on primary cares. This could happen to anybody. But 
Uh, she said, and, and I was literally in the room. He didn't look at me the entire visit. And he asked me why I was on a medication that I'd never heard of that I'd never been on and was and was really sort of chastising me for for being on it. And and I think he honestly was confusing me with a different patient. Yeah. I mean, that's just not. Anyway, I'm going off yeah. and digressing, getting on off. And that's the problem with electronic tangent. medical records. <laughs> well, yeah, but but that's the thing. Like, where is this person's communication skills? Yeah. yeah. But good point. One of the the follow-ups to communication skills is the fact that as a liberal arts student, uh, the the classes that you're taking, the tests that you're taking, the discussions that you're having, for the most part, aren't black and white. So as a hard sciences person, you can look at a or general chemistry equation and try to balance something and there's a right answer and a wrong answer. And there's really no discussion to be had other than trying to figure out the right answer. But when you talk about liberal arts, there's such a huge gray area and a lot of it comes down to personal decisions and opinions and perspectives and points of views that it allows you to have intellectual discussions. I, I, I was going to say arguments, but intellectual discussions where you're able to discuss with somebody else right and wrong and, and your point of view versus somebody else's point of view. And I think that's something that is missing a lot in medicine. We We fear standing up for our own point of view and our own differential diagnosis and our own thoughts on treatment plans and other things that I think as a liberal arts major, those skills are would be kind of instrumental in, in helping future physicians kind of down that path and opening up the, the communication as well. Yeah, part of what you learn even in writing a paper is how to defend your argument. And that's part of what a differential diagnosis, like you said, is all about. It's, it's this is what I think is going on and this is why. And these are other possibilities. But again, this is why I think what I think. Yeah. And also the ability to listen to somebody else's point of view. Ah, uh, Ryan's smiling because he thinks I do a bad job. <laughs> Maybe you should have been a liberal arts major. Thanks a lot. Yeah, <laughs> Well, Ryan also thinks that I'm very dogmatic, which if you ever listen to me on this show, you'll know that, yes, I can be dogmatic. But, you know, I, I try to also be thoughtful and, and I'm working on that, you know. Good job. And I'm not dogmatic in the office, only at home. <laughs> One of the big things that we talk a lot about is the cutthroat environment of being a pre-med student. Yes. Did you experience that, Ryan, as a, as a pre-med? Because I did, but I don't know if you did. You know what? I... I don't think so. Uh, I I had a great group of, and I, I've talked about them before, just a great group of friends that we were all pre-med and we all kind of went through it together. So I, I didn't really experience that. Obviously, at the University of Florida, everybody is just amazing. Oh, so. goo. <laughs> so it was it was great there. But but it, it's something that is is definitely one of those things that I'm sure every year there are dozens of students that stop being pre-med because of the cutthroat environment and the negativity surrounded by being quote-unquote pre-med. 
Oh, yeah. And and these dozens of people, and obviously we don't have numbers on this, but I'm sure there are plenty of them every year. The, these people could be the ones that would have gone on to cure cancer, cure diabetes, or treat your mom or my mom or whatever. And so if if we're losing people to becoming physicians because of that, then then that's just wrong. And being a liberal arts major, you're not surrounded by that. You're not. It's probably in some ways a healthier environment, a, a healthier group of people, really. I mean, that, that you know, there's competitiveness and then there's like being a gunner, which we've talked about before. And, and that's, it's it goes a step beyond. Um, and then there's so much of it. I mean, I remember as a pre-med, it's, you know, it's exciting almost because you're, you're on the pre-med track. It's, you know, you're, you're doing what you've, what you've been dreaming about, what you want to do, or actually, I shouldn't say what you've been dreaming about. You're sort of on the path to what you're dreaming <laughs> of, but um, it's, it can be really brutal. I mean, fortunately um, where I went to school, it wasn't so bad, but I mean, I, friends talked about, you know, people ripping pages out of textbooks and people, um, you know, just, just being nasty, quite frankly. Um, and I think it's just, it's, it's, it creates so much stress on the, uh, for the student, um, which is, is not good. Not good at all. Yeah. And it's just not the environment with, with again, the, the whole team approach to medicine nowadays. It's just not right. No. So one of the last pros that we have here, something that Armand brought up in his article on Kevin MD, and, and that's that, and I'll quote what he said here, the liberal arts prepares you to tackle the more complex questions facing physicians including what role they should play in society, politics, and promotion of social justice. And I, I, I agree with that. I think you're, as a non-science person, you're learning more um, of, of maybe some, some legal stuff and some policy stuff and, and history, and, and you're just learning more about how the world works. Uh, on a more of a personal level, not a molecular level like the hard sciences. Mm -hmm. And you take that knowledge and as you're going through your medical school path and residency and and working as a physician, you're able to to use some of that knowledge and integrate it into what you're doing and, and see how things can be different. And if you're not exposed to that, if you're doing hard sciences, you're not exposed to that, then... I think that's that's a foul. So as someone who went through a very science heavy curriculum in college, uh I I think I probably suffered from from not having a lot of uh classes about learning about the world and I agree with you. I think college is the time that you really you know you you take that time to really explore and learn about the world and your place in the world. And yes, and not just on a molecular level. I remember someone told me at some point um, at the end of college, well, you know, you pre-meds and you medical students, you really know a lot about life on a molecular level, but not you really don't understand anything else about the world. And I was so insulted at the time. I thought that that was so rude. But now looking back on, on all of it, I, I think he might have actually, so there was some truth to what he said, because yeah, um, my sense of sort of the world and, and learning about the world and its history and and um, my place in it goes back to, I, when I think about that, I think about what I learned in high school and that maybe 
kind of sad. I, I think I went to a great high school, but the fact that I have to think that far back. Um, and then where did I learn the rest of it? Probably well through from my upbringing, my parents, and then my family, my friends, um, and, and all the interactions you have in, in your jobs and everything. But But yes, so I think my point is, my understanding of the world and my place in the world would have, and, and all of the sort of factors about, you know, just a physician's role and, and in policy and in healthcare in general would have been enhanced greatly by having taken some classes in more of the social sciences, maybe taken an econ class. I mean, God, maybe I would understand a little bit more about finances and and that, and um, that would have been, I think, uh, really helpful along the way. Yeah. So we just went over at least six different pros for being a liberal arts major. And from the discussion, it's like, wow, maybe I should be a liberal arts major. And for some of you out there, obviously, maybe you're applying to medical school this year and it's a little too late. But I know there are some high school students out there listening. Hi, David. And some other people that you're in the process of making this decision. And I think this is, it's a huge decision to make. And we've talked a lot about the fact that you don't have to be a quote-unquote pre-med major, although the, there are very few schools that actually offer that. But you don't have to be a chemistry major. You don't have to be a biology major. You can major in English. You can major in Spanish, you can major in whatever you want to major in and still go to medical school as long as you get the pre-med requirements. And and those requirements have been kind of steady for the last 80 years. I was looking up the history of 80? Yeah. Wow. I was looking up the history of where they were kind of formed from and it was back in the 1930s. There was a, a That's big crazy. study. Yeah. It's it's pretty pretty incredible. But it's not all roses when it comes to being a liberal arts major. So let's talk about some of the cons about what you may lose as a liberal arts major on your way to becoming a physician. And one of the biggest ones, obviously, right off the bat, is the fact that medical school is a lot of science. And if you're a liberal arts major, you're doing the minimum, most likely. You're getting those pre-med requirements, but you're not adding on and testing yourself with the hard sciences, the the two the the two hundred level courses, the three hundred level courses, and so you you have that lack of exposure and and a lot of times when you hit medical school biochemistry, you've already taken biochemistry in college, and so it's like okay, great. It's just it's kind of a a second look, so I already know what I'm getting myself into. And as a liberal, liberal arts major, you won't have that exposure. So I think that's that's the biggest thing. And there's this argument out there that if if we're not testing pre-med students with all hard sciences or with a lot of hard sciences, then how do we know they can handle medical school? Right. Well, and I guess the MCAT is supposed to answer that question. Supposedly. Supposedly, yeah. Yeah, so it's a, it's a huge thing. And there are, we, we had a discussion with Dr. Muller from uh, Mount Sinai about the FlexMed program, which is a humanities, uh, a, a liberal arts type 
path into medical school where you apply to medical school after your second year of college. And if you get in, you don't have to take the MCAT. And for the next two years, you basically do whatever you want. There's a couple requirements that they have for you, but it allows you to go kind of do and, and explore and travel and, and do what you want. And if you haven't listened to that, I highly recommend you do. It's uh, session 16. That's back in March 13th, 2013. That's a long time ago. Nice. So that's medicalschoolhq.net slash one six. So that was a great discussion about the humanities and, and why they may be good and why may, they may be bad. Maybe a, a good follow-up podcast to listen to if you haven't heard that one yet. So that's a, that's a big one. And I think that kind of goes into the next con as well. The fact that you're taking English and some of the more social sciences and then you come to medical school and it's biochemistry and physiology and anatomy and cell biology and, and all these other hard courses, you kind of get shell-shocked. Yeah, the speed at which information comes at you in medical school is like nothing. It really is. It's like nothing else. And if you've been taking classes in a very different format, like we were saying, uh, you know, a more discussion format where you're writing papers um, as, as your final exams or throughout the semester... And then you get into a classroom where, okay, you better learn this and learn it by tomorrow because by tomorrow we're moving on to something else. Um, and then you're sitting down for multiple choice tests. The Just I think that that amount of culture shock, that shell shock is going to be that much more. It's just going to be huge for that liberal arts student. It doesn't mean you can't tackle it. And of course people do, but I think it's just something to be aware of. Yeah. And you're not only shell shocked by the material and the courses, you're also shell-shocked. We talked about one of the pros of, of being a liberal arts major, the fact that you're not in that cutthroat environment. Mm-hmm. Once you hit medical school, that cutthroat environment is lessened, but it's still there. Yeah, and it probably very much depends on what medical school you're at. Uh, there are probably some that are like Yale, for example, which are really sort of designed to be more collaborative. They don't actually have grades at Yale, I believe. Um, but for the most part, you're going to have a group of people who are very ambitious, very determined and are all really smart and there to, to learn as, as best and as quickly as they can. And so going again from an environment where it's, it's more not relaxed because that's not fair either. I'm sure a lot of these liberal arts programs around the country and elsewhere are very rigorous and are super challenging. I, I know friends of mine had ridiculous numbers of pages and papers that they had to write. So don't get us wrong. We're certainly not saying that science classes are harder by design. They're just different. And so um, the sort of cutthroat environment that can exist at medical schools, hopefully not most, but can, uh, you're entering that environment, maybe a little bit less sort of prepared for that kind of environment than if you had been in a sort, you know, in a so-called sort of pre-med track or maybe a biology major or something of that sort. One of the other things to think about, if you're a liberal arts major and you're learning all these skills about writing and discussion and you don't really use that in medical school. So you can lose those skills that you've just spent four years obtaining. Yeah, this was just so interesting to me. So. Yeah, I mean, you're you're writing papers, you're you're working so hard at this craft of being such a great writer, you write this beautiful personal statement, and then you get to medical school and whoops, what happened to your writing skills? <laughs> I mean, really, the, the only paper, the one paper that I wrote in medical school was in my last year. Um, it was an elective course. 
and it was wonderful, uh, the course, but it was, you know, it was literally, I wrote one paper and I thought back on that skill that I had tried to hone. Um, and I, I had taken English classes in college, even though I didn't have to, because I wanted to keep up my writing skills and you just don't use them in the same way. And pre-meds out there and, and even medical students might say, well, you know, yeah, I mean, you have to write, don't you write notes? Yes, you write notes, but the notes that you write in medical school um, are, are very, it's, there's a very specific system, there's a very specific format to them, and it's nothing like, you know, a, a paper where you, you know, have an argument and you're defending that argument um, it's just a completely different type of thing. So while you may still need to, I think, be able to communicate through writing, obviously, you need to tell people what you think is going on with a patient, that that same type of writing is going to be completely out the window. You just don't use it anymore. Yeah. So it's, it's kind of, it's really interesting. Um, and I think that might be frustrating, I would think, to a liberal arts major who then gets to med school and it's like, well... All that craft that you've been working so hard on, it's, you know, it's gone. I mean. Yeah. So. But you know what, Ryan? Maybe yeah. that's why there are some there. I mean, if you look in the bookstore, right there or on online on Amazon, there are more and more and more physicians and medical students out there who are writing. I mean, they're writing books about well, their there's experience. There's the whole in training yeah, magazine. Yeah, which and, we've talked about. Absolutely. Yeah. And um, so it's, it's. I think there are a lot of medical students and physicians out there who want to write. And we just don't have that that outlet. We don't have that that format to be able to write. And so maybe, I don't know how they're doing it, but some people are doing it in their free time. They're writing for Kevin MD. Yes, they are. <laughs> <laughs> One of the other cons that comes along with being a liberal arts major and something that that I've talked about a lot and that I, I truly believe in, and, and again, it's one of those things that we have with the academy, is that the, the academy is a community of like-minded individuals. All these students that believe in collaboration and and the kind of the, the non-anonymous method of helping each other and and helping each other the liberal arts side of things if you're pre-med in the liberal arts world you are probably maybe one of two or one of one so you're missing out on that collaborative environment to be around another pre-med student and while the we can stereotype the pre-med environment and say it's, say it's very cutthroat. The ability to find out, find like I had a group of pre-med students where we were able to collaborate and kind of build on each other, you're missing out on that. And so I, I think that's a huge detriment because you're not around other individuals that are on the same path as you. Um, and, and so you'd have to find that somewhere else. Yeah. So that may be just more of a challenge, um, and, and not something that can't be surmounted, but, but more of a challenge. Yeah. Did you have uh, other students that you worked with as a pre-med? Oh, definitely. I mean, I was, I was a physiology major, which was sort of 
code for pre-med. Um, physiology, interestingly, is not a major that's offered much in the United States, at least when I was a college student, although that was, oh my goodness, more than a decade ago. I was ago. a physiology major. It was no, exercise that's physiology. totally different, though. That's Why? Because there's a lot of exercise physiology in the U.S., but okay. but physiology as a major, I'm telling you, I looked. I looked into it. It was hard to find. Now, that may have changed, but um, really, I didn't want to learn about plants and and stuff like that. So I just wanted to learn about human anatomy and, and uh, that's why I was a physiology major. But the point was I was with like 80 other students who were all physiology majors and all clearly, I mean, except for maybe one or two, very much like going to med school. We were pre-med. We were there to go, you know, um, in preparation for med school. And I think it was somewhat, I, when I think back on it, there there was a lot of that sort of feeling in the background. Like you turn to your left, turn to your right, everybody's competing for the same thing. But um, everybody was also, I think there was also somewhat of a sense of collaboration because everybody did have that common goal. It was a little interesting too for me because a lot of my friends were Canadian and were wanting to go to med school in Canada, which is extremely difficult to do. And so I think I my stress was actually less than theirs because their, the, the path to med school in Canada can be that much more challenging because just by virtue of there being so uh, far fewer schools. But um, again, I digress. I think, yes, I, I think it was helpful to be around other people who were on that same path uh, as me. Yeah. So the last con that we have here, the, the last negative possibly for being a liberal arts major is the fact, and, and Allison, you talked about it a little bit, is the different test-taking environment that you're in. As a sciences major, it's it's multiple choice, yes, no, right, wrong. And I talked about it with the liberal arts is more let's talk and let's write something and, and tell me your thoughts and I'm going to evaluate you based on your thought processes and your knowledge behind what you're talking about. And in medical school, it's more of the... Former. It's more of the A, B, C, D, yes, no, right, wrong, and it's constant. Uh, you, Allison, you like to say all the time, you, in medical school, you become a professional test taker. I was just about to say that. <laughs> yes. And one of the interesting things that Dr. Muller, who I talked about with FlexMed at Mount Sinai, they did a study on the FlexMed program and the students that graduate from the FlexMed program and their outcomes on the board scores, uh, on the boards. And what it, was sh- what it showed was, while not a huge difference in board scores, there was a statistically significant difference of, I think it was six points. 221 was the average for the FlexMed, the humanities and, and liberal arts majors, versus 227 points for the normal uh, science majors. And while that might not seem a huge gap, every point counts if you're applying to some of the more competitive residencies. And so I... Obviously, a lot of variables could go into this, and and we don't know the main effect, but there's obviously something there. Yeah, and you really do take so many tests during medical school, and they're, I mean, and again, it could vary by medical school, but predominantly, they're going to be multiple uh, choice tests, and especially when you get to the shelf exams or um, the, I always forget the name for the DO schools, um, they're 
the levels. The levels, thank you. Um, you'll they'll almost certainly be multiple choice. Um, so I think that by having just more practice with multiple choice tests through throughout college, you'll be that much more prepared for that type of test taking environment when you hit day one of medical school and you have your anatomy test in a week or so. Um, I'm just making that up, but you get my point. So again, you can do this absolutely if you're if you're in the liberal arts and then you show up in medical school and and you have to switch your test taking format. Of course, it's doable. But again, it's just it's just you know one of the things that might be easier if you happen to be on a sort of more pre med track or a science track in college. I agree. One of the last things that Armand had brought up in this Kevin MD article was the fact that he he's saying liberal arts makes you more of a critical thinker. And I think Allison and I both disagreed with that. And it, while, yes, liberal arts, you can be a critical thinker, it's, I think you can be just as much of a critical thinker in the in the sciences as well. So that, I think, is all that we had to talk about. Yeah, and I think it's it's really, I mean, this article that he wrote was a great launch pad for a discussion like this. And this is a really crucial thing because I can't tell you, we get a lot of emails from students out there who are telling us that they're really grappling with this decision about which college should they go to. And Ryan and I always talk about how it, it, it's not so much the college, it's not the name per se. There are tons of great schools out there. It's what kind of curriculum is it? Is it going to prepare you well for the hard sciences and um it's this is a, a critical decision for a lot of students should i go to the liberal arts school where i can study all these really great things that i'm so interested in but also then pursue my passion to become a physician and go to medical school um or should i go sort of the more traditional route and and maybe go to a bigger university and or or a more um uh, sort of a science school and and get a more hard science uh, degree. And nobody, I think, can answer that question for you. I think what Ryan and I have tried to do in this podcast episode is to really just outline what we think are some of the pros and cons for for having a, a really liberal arts-based education. And please let us know if, if you disagree, if you're currently in a liberal arts program and, and you think that everything we said is hogwash, you know, we, we want to hear. Um, but I think these this is a really important decision for a lot of pre-meds out there, um, high schoolers. And, you know, before you make this decision, where should, where should I go to college? Uh, so we hope that this has been helpful to you. I hope so. And if it has been helpful to you, we would love a rating interview in iTunes or Stitcher. You can do that by going to medicalschoolhq.net slash iTunes. It takes a minute or two of your time. We'd greatly appreciate it. We have... We have 177 five-star ratings. Yeah, we're so grateful. Awesome. Thank you so much. We're just, I can't, you know, Ryan and I are still delighted every time somebody writes in and tells us about what they think and or leaves us uh, a rating, a hopefully five-star, we always say, if you think we deserve it. Um, it's We really appreciate all of you that listen and, and let us know that you think we're, we're helping make a difference for you. We've had two since we last read them. Tiffy29 says, highly recommend it, five-star rating. Um, Tiffy says she's a first generation college student and the podcast has been extremely helpful. And Aliana, I'm sorry if I'm butchering your name, Aliana, uh, says number one pre-med podcast. 
That's awesome. That's awesome. Thank you. That's what we hope for. Absolutely. Five, five stars. Absolute best podcast for pre-meds. Thank you so much for this. Uh, may this podcast never end. Ooh, that's a tall order, Ryan. It's a challenge. Yeah. You going to be uh, doing this when, when you're 80? I don't know. We'll see. <laughs> we'll see. Hopefully, we'll still have something to talk about. Um, so, yeah. Go to medicalschoolhq.net slash iTunes. You can leave us a rating and review. We would greatly appreciate it. Allison and I love what we're doing at the Academy, helping students uh, prepare their applications, prepare for their interviews, and and our, the community there is is wide-ranging. We have a lot of non-traditionals. We have a lot of traditional students, and they're in different facets of their their path. And so you don't think, don't, don't wait until you're applying next year to come come join and, and start learning and benefiting from everything that uh, we talk about. So you can go to jointheacademy.net and find out more about that. Allison, any parting words of wisdom? My parting words are, I hope you're having a blast with whatever stage you're at in your pre-med journey. And we hope that you join us here next time at the medical school headquarters. 